Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. We're back. Episode 23 of the Travel Talks podcast. Alex and I are here to do and discuss another topic. Yes. Another head-to-head, battling against each other to hopefully get the favor of the listeners and another hypothetical question. Mm. Now, we say this every week, but <laughs> I'm really excited for this episode because we're doing something a bit different, aren't we, with the topic? Yeah. Yeah. So it's essentially not just our own stories this week for the first time. We've delved out there and we're, we're trying to find out the stories of other people as we hunt for the worst hotel in the entire world, which is a title which nobody wants. Some of these stories are honestly so, <laughs> so funny that I can't wait to get into this and and uh, talk about them. We're going to talk about our own experiences of mm. best and worst hotels. But when we start, well, I tell you, when we started looking into some, <laughs> you know, stories from the internet and other people's experiences over time, my word, there are some absolute classics. Yeah, I just can't believe half of these places exist beyond like one year. When you see some of these reviews and you're like, these hotels have been around for ages operating at this bad level and yeah it just blows my mind that they still exist and people choose to actually stay at these places i know and for anyone listening if you think you have an idea of what a bad hotel is (laughs) let me tell you you have another thing coming yeah because you are not going to expect the level of darkness that some of these reviews will go into we have of course got another head-to-head a very spicy one i say this every Mm. week because they're always spicy and i think we're we're actually making them more kind of intense as we go along but this one, we're both very passionate about the subject, but we'll reveal it later, yes. but that should be a good one. And then finally, of course, we've got the hypothetical situation. Not going to spoil it now. You have to wait to see what that is. But let me just say this to tee you up, Alex. Yeah. I still don't know what my answer is. I've been pondering it and really? I haven't made my mind up yet. Really? And that shocks me because obviously I've been preparing for this and I can't even see another argument for the other side. I'm so in favour of one side that it, it shocks me that you, you're you so on the fence still at this stage. Oh, I love it. Right, let's get into it. <laughs> But the concierge that showed me to my room said, this is a great room. This is Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel's favourite room on this day. Oh, stadium. my God. Out of 431 reviews, 286 people have ranked this as terrible, which is the worst <laughs> review <laughs> that you can get on TripAdvisor. It's so damning, isn't it? Blood-stained headboards that have clearly been up since the World War. No hot water, broken furniture, dirty utensils, broken light fixings, and actual poo in the kettle. What? The topic for this week, I think we've both got passionate answers for. The best travel TV shows. Right, so it's not just about worst hotels on this episode. That's going to be a massive feature of it. But we thought we'd show the other side of hotels and briefly touched on on our best hotel experience that we've ever had to show, yeah, of course, there's a good and a bad side of travel. So Saunders, I want to hear your story. You've done a lot of traveling. You've stayed in a lot of hotels, a lot of hostels. So I'm intrigued to find out what the best hotel you've ever stayed in is. Well, first of all, I'm glad that we're doing both best and worst because... (laughs) I'm worried that my best experience is going to make me sound like such a punt. Yeah, no, I was feeling exactly the same. You've got to kind of frame it in the right way because people will be like, who is this guy? I'll talk you through the story uh, of how it came about and uh, the place itself mm. because, you know, honestly, it's one of the best experiences I've ever had, mm. you know, completely, regardless of just, not just where we stayed, but the whole thing. Um, and then hopefully my worst story will bring me back yeah, down to, yeah. to level playing field again. Um, okay, so the hotel is called the Amangiri in Utah in the US. Okay, that surprises me because US hotels often underwhelm for me, I, I find. 
You wait. You wait till you hear this one. Okay. This hotel is in the middle of the Utah desert near the Arizona border. Mm. Uh, and on in 2017, I went out on a Land Rover launch mm. for the well, as at the time, their new Discovery, the vehicle Land Rover Discovery. Mm. Now, let me paint the picture of how I got to the hotel. Okay. So we get a flight from from London to California to LA. And then we fly on a private plane that used to be the Rolling Stones tour plane to a private airfield in the middle of Zion National Park. Right, okay. In Utah, which I don't know if you haven't seen it, Google it. It's honestly breathtaking. I will do. Then we get into helicopters. <laughs> what is this, James and Bond? F- <laughs> we, fly, we fly in helicopters through no- Zion National Park. And if you don't believe me, all of this is documented on my YouTube channel. This is amazing. Um, and there's loads of great images and stuff, which maybe we can share some on the yeah, let's Travel do Talks it. Instagram. Um, so we're on these helicopters and we're flying through national parks. Now imagine it's like flying a helicopter through the Grand Canyon. That's what it looks like. Wow. Like really close walls and you're kind of twisting and turning through these kind of canyons and mm. valleys. Amazing, right? Then we land the helicopters in the middle of this desert. And where we've, where they landed, there's just an array of Land Rover discoveries waiting for us. <laughs> this sounds like, like Mission Impossible or something. It's, it's honestly mental. When I say it, I just realize how lucky I was to do this. And then we drive the Land Rovers off-road, up and down cliff faces, rock cliffs, really testing the off-road ability. They wanted to show it off mm. to this Amangiri Hotel. Now, this place, just to set the picture of how like exclusive it is, it's $11,000 a night a room. Oh, my God. And the rooms are absolutely kitted out to the max, but at the same time, in a really minimalistic sort of like... Mm in a real natural way like lots of rock lots of stone and lots of wood mm. that sort of thing every room has its own patio area that has its own personally electronically controlled fire pits that work <laughs> from literally the flick of a switch amazing and i didn't know anything about the hotel before we got there the thing that made me realize how impressive it was is someone on the way there had said about how much it was a night and i looked up to it mm. and realized it was but the concierge that showed me to my room said you're in number 11. I think there's only about 25 rooms in the whole place. It's super exclusive. Mm. You're in number 11. Um, this is a great room. This is Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel's favorite room when they stay oh here. Oh, my God. And I'm a massive Justin Timberlake fan. So I was like, oh, wicked. <laughs> that is so this is cool. great. It had an unbelievable spa and pool facility, which was, it just looked like something from a James Bond movie. Yeah. And because and it's in the middle of the desert as well, and there's no, you know, sky, there's no skyscrapers around, there's no traffic noise. Mm. It's just. Very, very cool. That sounds great. The food was unbelievable, um, prepared in really incredible ways. And the thing for me was even better than just to stay there is the activities that the hotel put on while we were there. Like personalized sunrise yoga, desert hikes, mountain biking across the national park, kayaking in Lake Powell. It was just an absolute dream. And one of those, or easily one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And just to top it off, because it was like a press launch, Mm. I was there with the likes of Example and Martin Compton from Line of Duty Amazing. and enjoying all the experiences with them. So, I mean, a, a hands to Land Rover for putting on an unbelievable launch. That is amazing. So your job was essentially just to document that incredible experience that you were having. Yeah, I had, I had to go there. I made uh, three, two or three YouTube videos out of it. And mm. then I, I did a, a piece for a men's lifestyle magazine about Amazing. the car. That sounds it was awesome. unbelievable. Yeah, nothing surely can even come close to that. Have you ever stayed anywhere like that you've paid for with your own money that has come anywhere near that? There's a few places I've yeah I've stayed in that were kind of like the I guess pushing the five five hundred quid a night sort of mm, mark, mm. Um, just for like really special occasions things yeah. like that. But I'm not a big spender on hotels. I'd rather spend money on the activities yeah, 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 than the hotels. Too. Um, but I'm never going to come close. I actually saw some some influencers that I follow on Instagram go to that hotel recently wow. and seeing all the ways they were posting about it and remembering like, wow, that was an absolutely ridiculous trip. That sounds unbelievable. And yeah, and something that you essentially, and we kind of touched on it in the first episode that we ever did of this new strand, like when we've both flown first class, it's something that you perhaps would never pay for out of your own money. So awesome that you've got to experience that. But I want to hear about yours. Yeah, so yours? you've made me sound like a really grounded individual of yours. Oh no, that's <laughs> so, the opposite effect I wanted. I was hoping so, yours is going to be like so lavish. Mine is lavish and it's absolutely mental. But I also it it cost. I think it was um, one thousand two hundred pounds per person for a week, all inclusive, including flights. So a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but it was a holiday that my girlfriend and I were really keen to take, and we went to Mexico. And I came away thinking the value for money we've got from this hotel, from this holiday, was obscene. And for that kind of money, obviously, the experience must have been amazing. So 
like I said, it was in Mexico. It was in a place called Yucatan um, near Tulum mm-hmm. and yeah. in the Riviera Maya, I believe. And we got there and everything is just so, so grand. You go into the reception, they've got this huge bar, ceilings as high as you can even see. It's incredible. You think that's an amazing bar. You get shown to your room and our room, it sounds ridiculous to say, but it was a bungalow on the water and it had its own canoe. That. All, that's amazing. All of these things I'm going to say just make, make me sound so out of touch. But it had on the so, ocean? No, not on the ocean. It was like a river that ran through the resort. And you could get in a canoe and like <laughs> uh, like um, row around the resort and go from like... You had, you had a hotel on the river rapids. Yeah, it, yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Rubber dinghy rapids. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely mental. So we get shown to the hotel room, the bungalow. And we've got our own butler. And he's like, okay, whatever you want. Um, if you want me to book you... Uh, reservation and anything if you want me to show you around anything like this just give me a call and I'll I'll make sure it can happen we go into our room and there are bottles of alcohol so like gin spice rum vodka all these different spirits on the um on the side and the butler says okay they're all yours use them as have as much as you want give me a shout when you need them replaced um and I'll, I'll come with we're like we're here for a week I, don't, I wouldn't worry about replacing this bottle. You're of, like day two. Yeah, I could get some more please <laughs> yeah. tonight. It is absolutely crazy. So um, huge, huge room. Go out and there's like an outdoor shower with like a rainfall shower head kind of thing. Uh, there are 12 a la carte restaurants. So you can get any cuisine you could even think of. So I went to this steak restaurant. It was the best steak restaurant I've ever been to my life called Gaucho on their resort. And there's every cut of steak you could think of. The most expensive cuts, all the sides you could think of. The steak I want. And he comes over with this like, um, what's the best way to describe it? Like a, essentially like a piece of fabric, which he opens up and it's got like 10 different knives in. <laughs> and he says, hello, sir, which knife would you like for your steak? And I'm like, I I don't know if there's any so difference. It's like, just give me a knife to cut my steak that's going to go through the meat. A sharp one? Yeah. <laughs> but, and he's like, oh, for your New York strip steak, I would, I would suggest this knife. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. I'm not sure it actually matters. And then like other nights, we go to this um, teppanyaki restaurant and we're getting food cooked um, to order in front of us by this chef. He's like doing loads of um, tricks by flipping stuff up in the air and all these kind of things. and we didn't spend a penny beyond tipping when we were there. The service was just so good that you just found yourself tipping at every occasion. And we'd be like lying by the pool and they'd come home and say, oh, what drinks do you want? And we'd say, okay, I'll get a daiquiri. And they'd say, oh, which flavor? Blah, blah, blah. Choose your strawberry daiquiri. You'd be lying and you'd be drinking it and you'd get near to the bottom. And someone would just come over and give you another one. And you'd think, okay, this is just ridiculous. I, I couldn't even imagine a hotel experience which would be better like yours sounds absolutely epic yeah but super niche like like where, no, i don't know anyone that would actually go and pay yeah exactly pay so I, I, in terms of like value for money like i would definitely go back there and spend that money again because we came away from that trip completely relaxed so it was trs yucatan the royal suites of yucatan so honestly i would say and i know there are a lot of great mexican hotels mexico do hotels better than most countries i would say and I would definitely recommend it. And it's the least I can do amazing. to recommend it because it was an amazing place to stay. By your description, it sounds like incredible value. Mm. Yeah, it, it really like, was. There's a lot. Of, I mean, I've been to all-inclusives before, like on varying scales where, you know, it might be 300 quid for a week or mm. it might be, you know, whatever for a bit more. But like, the, let's say the lower scale ones are three, 400 pound ones. I'm nowhere near that level of like food quality. Yeah. Like the buffet was pretty rubbish in the one that I went to. And, you know, I had got food poisoning from it. Like it sounds mm, like yeah. decent. Yeah, I've done all inclusives, like you say, where you spend 500 pounds and then of course you've got to pay for your own flights and all these things. And then it, the whole cost adds up. Uh, but with this one, the flights to Mexico would have been 500 pounds. The flights were included? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, that's a great deal. Okay, so moving on to worst hotels now. Mm-hmm. We're going to you know, humble ourselves a little bit because we've yeah. just talked about these like lavish experiences. <laughs> uh, we need to make the listeners know that we have also had some pretty uh, terrible yeah. <laughs> stays. As you, as you probably learned from being, me being on this podcast with you, I like to tell stories yeah. when it comes to experiences. That's and good. this one has a particular interesting and funny story around it because uh when i was thinking about this hotel i had to keep going backwards in the story to remember why it was it became as bad as it did as mm. it was so setting the picture right um 
the hotel is in a place called Sihanoukville in Cambodia. Yes, yeah. I have to go back 24 hours beforehand for where it all starts in Siem Reap, mm. which is another place in Cambodia. Now, a dodgy pantai left me pretty worse for wear. Mm. I was not in a good place. I, like nothing was going down. Uh, a lot of stuff was coming out <laughs> without too much detail. It It's one of those situations where rehydration sachets are your best friend. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've, as a result, I never travel without them. Like they've helped me so much in the, in the past. They're great. Um, like I said, I was in a pretty bad way. I would, I would go as far as saying this is one of the worst bouts of food poisoning I've ever had. Wow. But as I say, the sachets were helping a lot and the sachets are a key role in this story, as you'll find out. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Now, that evening, I woke up feeling terrible after the night before. That evening, we're heading on a 12-hour bus journey to Sihanoukville on the coast, ready to catch a boat to the island of Koh Rong mm. the following mm. morning, right? So I need to sort myself out before the bus ride because there's no toilets on the bus. They don't stop. Um, so I, I'm not in a good place to endure that experience. Mm. I need to sort myself out. So me and my mate, Ollie, we decided to get some fresh air and some safe food just to kind of get something in me. Mm. And we had a run in with some quite common street crime, which is where people uh, ride back on the ride next to you on their moped. They jump off the moped. And then they kind of woo you or be super nice to you mm. while they go through your pockets at the same Oof. time. Now it's not it's not unheard of. Like it's quite common. So as a traveller, you come, you know, all the guidebooks say to warn you of it, and you you plan around it. Mm. So as a result, we had our phones and wallets in our front pockets to be safe. Yep. We did get manhandled a little bit by these people, and they jump back on the moped and they disappear. And we do the quick check. Yeah, phone, wallet, check. Yep. And then I check my back pockets, and I realise they've taken something from me. They've taken my rehydration sachet. <laughs> <laughs> the most valuable thing on your person at that point i would have preferred them to take my wallet yeah. and i don't know if they thought it was notes or something when they felt it but they took my rehydration sachets and at that point there's no time to get any more because we just getting some fresh air before getting on the bus no. in the evening so that bus journey as you can imagine was absolutely horrible i made it to see nukeville in one piece and we check into our hostel we booked the night before and because we we're only there for a night before getting a boat mm. we were like all right cheapest hostel possible only one night sorted. Yep. Now, the room that we had when we got there, and it was the evening when we got there, so we didn't have much choice to change or find anywhere else. It had a tin roof, no air con, and mattresses that were about an inch thick. Oof. Not to mention cockroaches crawling everywhere. Oh. 
I was feeling super rough. Like I barely made it through the bus journey. I said to Ollie, like, we can't go anywhere else. I'm just going to have to sleep. Yep. Like we just have to sleep through it and grin and bear it. Uh, and that time of year, it's like 25 degrees in the evening. Oh. So it's just like literally sleeping in a sauna. I was in such a bad way. I, I just passed out completely because I had like no, no sustenance in me at all. I just passed out. And this really horrible thin bed mm-hmm. uh, in a really hot room. <laughs> Ollie said that during the night he couldn't sleep. And I was just speaking gibberish. Oh my God. I was like sweating from my head and I was, it was like I was possessed. <laughs> he said I was just like talking absolute nonsense all night um, because of the humidity and my, what my body was going through. Wow. Anyway, I woke up and I was, feeling, I, actually, I was feeling better and I went and got some new sachets and they sorted me out and it's fine. Probably worth saying that this hostel was £14 a night for both of us. Oh, that is, that, I was going to say it still sounds like value for money, but... <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, it could have been it could have been better, but we kind of set ourselves up for it by looking for the cheapest place possible in a, in a country like that. But it has to be said, definitely up there with my worst ever hotel experiences, just purely because of how I felt. I, I think it almost helped being... So feeling so rough to then not worry about all the cockroaches. It must have been yeah. awful for Ollie. Yeah, true. yeah, you were like hallucinating anyway. You were in a different I don't think place. he slept. <laughs> I don't think he slept because of it. Did you stay in lots of hostels then on that trip? Pretty much exclusively. Mm. Yeah, we probably only stayed in like two or three hotels in the whole three months. It was always it was always uh, hostels. And was that by far and away the worst? Were there any that came close? There were a couple. There was one in, um, in Vang Vieng in Laos, mm. which was... Uh, it had like an ant's nest behind the wall. So there was just like chain of just thousands of ants oh. just walking from the floor up into the wall into this little <laughs> hole. It's a part of travel like that yeah. in countries that if you say, look, I want to spend as little money as possible, you just kind of have to expect that their 14 pound hotel room is going to be another level to a, you know, a Western 14 pound hotel room. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. That's my bad experience. Mm. What's yours? I need to hear this because after your Tulum luxury <laughs> getaway, I need you to be brought back down. <laughs> yeah. So like that kind of links nicely because when I book hotels, I'm really selective and I take a lot of time. And my girlfriend jokes that I'm the fussy one when it comes to booking hotels more so than her. But we both do have quite particular standards. What's your criteria? Well, it, it's really it's really weird. But like I like the decor is always a massive thing for me and it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't matter it just shouldn't matter who cares about location it doesn't look nice honestly i'm not i'm such a decor snob when it comes to like hotels and you know what the biggest thing is for me it's so odd the bed sheets have to be white i don't know if you can relate to this is that because you you know if they're clean yeah exactly you see you see some sort of like patterned duvet you'd see on like your nan's bed and you think what's hiding in there but i'm like so particular and i always like to spend loads of time looking and um, trying to find the best value for money and we did this for new york because obviously new york a trip which you would all spend a lot of time trying to plan and get the best place for and all the other things that come with it but we booked this hotel called the paramount hotel in new york and it's uh usually something that i go for is through TripAdvisor, see what rating they've got this place had a 3.6 but we rock up after a long flight and we get shown to our room and when when you see a room online and you book it based on the room and the hotel picture you see online and you turn up and it doesn't look like the picture that you've seen online you just feel conned don't you yeah you feel like sure. they've lured you for in sure. with a with the best room in the hotel and then you're getting shoved in the tiniest room in the hotel so we get put into this room the door opens up and it actually hits the bed <laughs> so that gives you like an idea <laughs> it's that small it gives you an idea of how small this room is and we're like all oh, right okay so this literally is a bed room there's nothing else to it there's no room it's so small Obviously, the big thing in New York, which every hotel wants to pretend they've got, is views because New York's an amazing city to look at. And the pictures of this hotel on the website included views of the skyline. Obviously, the higher, the better. And we were on like floor three. So we, <laughs> we weren't getting any views. But to make it even worse, our window looked out straight onto a brick wall. Oh, <laughs> so no. it like, we've, it's so depressing. We've come to New York. We think we're going to get the amazing view of the city. And it's just a brick wall you could be anywhere so it was horrible but to make it even worse there was this air conditioning unit and it was like a radiator i don't know if you've seen it before it was like a radiator against the wall but it was aircon rather than hot um heating and it was so so loud to the point where you could you couldn't drown it out and we tried to have a nap in the middle of the day to kind of adjust to the um time difference and you put your head down and both of you are just like 
I can't block out this noise, can you? <laughs> this am I gonna be able to sleep? <laughs> and then you're just both there going, There's no point, is there? There's absolutely no point. So we did go back back down to the uh check check in and say to them, like, hang on a second, like we've 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 seen these pictures online. It really does not live up to the standards of what you've advertised. And they showed us this other room and it was like marginally better. But I'm like, okay, well, I've kicked up a fuss once. I'm not going to like go back and say, oh, sorry, this isn't up to my standards again. So I was like, that is such a British yeah, response. Yeah, exactly. I'm not arguing more than once. Let's just take it. We've we've seen a slight upgrade and let's go enjoy the city. Because of course, and that's something which you've got to remember a lot of the time is that you go to cities like New York and you're barely even in the hotel anyway. It's just a place for you to chuck your bags and rest your head at night. But, for sure, yeah. But yeah, I would not recommend this hotel. and I would not choose them again. But actually, there is there is a far worse hotel, which I'm going to talk about in the reviews, that is in New York. It makes me feel a little bit better that it could have been a whole lot worse. <laughs> I can imagine. There's there's something about like big cities like New York, Hong Kong, mm. Etc. That have like they just try and cram as much stuff into one yeah, room as they can, yeah. or as many rooms into one building. Like the first time I went to Hong Kong, I stayed in this. Um, it was basically an apartment, apartment block. Mm. They'd somehow managed to turn one apartment into about five hospital <laughs> rooms. Yeah, I don't know how they did it without you know arising any suspicion of putting walls in between the middle of this room. <laughs> but um, it was me and and two two friends of mine from uni, both girls, mm. um, and the three of us were staying in this one room and the shower was in the room. Like it was one, the whole thing was one room, <laughs> right? So it was like, you walk in and there's, they had, they shared a double bed and I had a single bed mm. inside. Um, and then there was a shower just at the end of the bed, mm-hmm. like in a, in its casing, you know, like in like a little plastic casing, yeah. plastic glass, whatever. And the sink was in the shower bit. What? So like there was no like privacy. Yeah. So if you're having a shower, you're just literally naked in the middle of the room with water falling on you, which is obviously when you're traveling with two female friends, yeah. that's like, you know, quite un- uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it, and then uh, it's very similar in other places in Hong Kong, like unless you pay the money for a hotel, even the nicer hotels, sometimes the rules are really, the rooms are really small. Mm. Um, and that just, yeah, your experience in, in New York just reminded me of uh, that. But here's a question for you. So the air conditioning thing, mm. I'm glad you brought that up because... As I've got older, and it sounds like I'm an old man, I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I've become way less tolerant to things like light and sound in hotel rooms. Mm. And I travel a, a lot. Like even now I tr- I'm trying to, to fly less, but I still travel a lot mm. for work. And certain things just like really bother me in hotel rooms now. Noise is one of them. Mm. Like if there's a constant, if a constant buzz or like dull is easier to deal with, yeah. but Something like a an aircon unit that's coming off and on, yeah. or you know, like traffic outside, or planes, mm. or you know, sometimes in the Middle East, like the if there's a mosque next to you, you get woken yeah. up by the call of prayer like at four a.m. Mm. every day. Um, but one thing is light as well, like you know, the standby light on a TV. Yeah. this is really yeah, embarrassing to so say, true. but I have to cover it up. Yeah, I did the same. I did the same. I I find stuff like I always. <laughs> this is really embarrassing. <laughs> right, I'm going to show you this thing now. This tape. It's a little bit of green roller yeah. tape. It's next to my passport here. I take this everywhere where I go with me <laughs> in case there's nothing to cover up things like the smoke alarm light. That is next level preparation. Because it, honestly, like, if I've had a really long day, I've got a lot on my mind because I've got a big job the next day mm. or something and there's just a light like blinking in my face. I just won't sleep. It's like that story. Have you ever heard that Wayne Rooney um, sleeps with a hoover on? Really? Yeah. It's like a really weird thing. Like some people need like a constant sound. Yeah, so Wayne Rooney basically sleeps with a hoover on so that he can't hear anything other than that hoover. So that leads us very nicely onto these other reviews because, you know, even our experiences, to us, they're pretty bad. But on the scale of things, they're probably not as bad as some of the worst experiences people have had in the world. Yeah. And that's what we want to get into now. Exactly, because I, I want to find out there must be one hotel which is the worst hotel in the entire world. And there are so many hotels out there. So it'll be difficult and it'll be harsh on these places. But I do want to crown one place as the worst hotel in the entire world. So the first one I'm going to put forward for the debate is a place called the New World Hotel in New York City. So to set the scene and to kind of give a bit of context, the average price per night for a hotel in New York is £100. So quite a lot of money, an expensive place to stay. And the New World Hotel comes in at £60 per night. So potentially... 
good value. It's not cheap enough to be, oh, it's going to be terrible. Mm. Because £60 a night, you know, think about Airbnbs and yeah. other, yeah, yeah. you know, alternatives. I would expect it to be not brilliant, but I wouldn't necessarily think it to be the worst in the world for that price. Yeah, believe me, there's no way this could ever constitute good value at any price point. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, God. Okay, so go on. This, this place, the New World Hotel, has kind of garnered uh, a bit of fame inside the TripAdvisor community that makes me sound like the biggest nerd in the world (laughs) it's gained near legendary status for the level of bad feedback that it's had so out of 431 reviews 286 people have ranked this as terrible which is the worst review (laughs) that you can get on TripAdvisor. it's so damning isn't it it's crazy and you look at like every single review and like the new ones come in and the the hotel itself is like fighting back and writing responses and trying to justify their point as to why they weren't so bad but it's just damning every single day they're getting another review that kind of hits them further and further into the rankings how do they still get a business six people actually rated it as excellent <laughs> so i'd love to find who those six people yeah, were. yeah the, the staff yeah that's what it is yeah. isn't it? <laughs> the owners so the average trip advisor rating of this place is 1.5 oh wow okay all things considered i've said there's some pretty terrible places that have still have like three four star ratings mm. on TripAdvisor. Mm. so 1.5 is very low yeah it's ridiculous and obviously one is the lowest you can rate so it's pretty pretty bad and this place is it's located in the chinatown district this is one of the cheapest hotel options in new york as a whole um, but inside people are reporting of bed bugs paper thin walls rooms that don't even have windows and the worst part (laughs) is that you don't even get your own bathroom you've got to share it with everyone and they apparently don't get cleaned as well which is absolutely disgusting so i've got a series of trip advisor reviews which i'm going to read now um the first one comes from nadezda 33 he said i could not even imagine that there would be a place as dirty noisy and tiny to call itself a hotel the walls were all stained the smell was nasty the bathroom was the same. The towels that they provide came with brown stains. <laughs> awful. Ugh. Unsurprisingly, one star. The next one, Sunflower 8, said, This place was awful. I've stayed in hostels before, but this was worse than imagined. The bed was freakishly hard. It was cold and dirty. The walls were so thin, you can hear everything that your neighbours do. There were kids screaming down the halls at 2am and the Chinese television playing all day long that you could never, ever sleep. Trust me, stay away from this hotel. There are better options for just being cheap. Yeah, that's pretty damning. Yeah. I'd expect more for that price. Yeah, of course. And they've actually changed their name as well. This place was called um, the New World Hotel. They've gone for World Hotel now. Oh, well, so a good big change. Yeah, then. big, big change. Obviously, How much has taken them ages to think about that? Don't want to alienate the customers who, the six people who enjoyed staying there. They don't want to completely remodel, but they're now World Hotel. So if you want to find out more about this place and uh, if you're looking for a place to stay in New York uh, for around about £60 a night, then <laughs> look no further. Are you sure that the new in the on the signage outside didn't just get eaten by the bed <laughs> Who knows? Honestly, it sounds horrendous, and it kind of puts our worst hotel experiences into context. And go, yeah, it could be a could be a whole lot worse. Okay, so the hotel that I've chosen, mm. it was—I mean, it's this name just kept popping up as I was doing research, isn't it? It just kept coming up, reviews, and obviously people, the people then writing articles about the reviews. Yeah, I'm intrigued then because uh, I reckon I must have seen it. Probably have. It's called the Hotel Namaskar in New Delhi. I've not, you know. So as I was looking through it, I came across different reviewers. There's one particular that kept getting quoted, and it's quite a decent um, review, quite in length. So I'll read it mm. to you. But just before I get to that, a little bit of a context about the hotel. It's in it's in the heart of Delhi, so it's some of its positive reviews are about the location. Mm. That it's in a good location, mm. right? This type of room that gets reviewed is around four hundred rupees a night. Okay. Which in pound sterling is three pound ninety. Wow. Okay, it's a bargain. Like, so you can't yeah. say anything bad about anything at that price. You should be happy to have anywhere to rest your head. Surely, I don't know enough about the price of of average hotels in Delhi mm. or hostels in Delhi to to know how that kind of compares. But I imagine it, it can be pretty cheap to stay in not too shabby of an accommodation mm. in in Delhi. So, but that does seem extremely cheap. Yeah. So this review comes from someone called BBB seventy nine on TripAdvisor. <laughs> And they said, I stayed at the Namaskar a couple years ago. The internet picture looked amazing, like some type of pink palace. (laughs) Little did I know, the journey through the alleyway to get to the hotel was an experience. 
an open men's urinal complete with men urinating added a certain <laughs> ambiance to the surroundings. <laughs> the rooms were struggling with that pink paint fe- peeling off and the windows covered with newspaper. No beautiful vista for us, which is advertised, I believe. <laughs> Although the PowerPoint did work to boil my jug and have a cup of tea, sparks were flying out of it as it powered the kettle. When I used the basin in the bathroom, I wondered what the warm water was trickling over my feet. The drain was a hose that just drained onto the bathroom floor, irrigating my feet. Gumboots would have been handy. Oh, my God. Oh, well, at least my feet got a wash. This guy's got a good attitude. Yeah. It's a terrible experience, but he's being very funny and you know, jovial about it. He said the shower head was so corroded that it sent out a single stinging jet that seemed to spray about in a strange trajectory. You had to chase it to get wet. <laughs> That's great. I've got visions of this guy just running around the, sh- the bathroom trying to get a shower. He said, I would not recommend the faint hearted to stay here. Uh, yeah, so that's one pretty damning review. Yeah. Now, that was in 2011. Okay. So I thought, you know, that's a long time ago. I'll give it the benefit of the doubt and see what some more recent reviews are saying. Like because, it. you know, shock, this hotel is still very much <laughs> in business. So I look at some more recent reviews. And now this is literally on the TripAdvisor of this hotel, Hotel Namaskar in Delhi. They're the most recent reviews. Mm. Now, overall, it has a 2.5 rating. Okay. Which isn't terrible. Yeah. It's not great, but it's not terrible. 183 reviews. Most recent reviews are still not great. Though. Not much <laughs> has changed at the old hotel Namaskar. I'm not going to read all the four reviews. I'm just going to pick out some of the most poignant bits from it. So one review from February this year, 2021, stated that the bathroom had no bath, just a pipe dripping water out of the wall. And they couldn't figure out how it worked. There was no tap. So they started tapping the pipe. And when they tapped the pipe, a king cobra flew what? out of the pipe at this, at this guy's wife. <laughs> how has this place got 2.5? This guy was saying, like, he, he, he kind of calls himself a bit of a hero for, for saving his wife <laughs> yeah. and getting rid of the snake. Um, and, and fortunately, you know, death was avoided because a king cobra bite can be pretty venomous. That's crazy. Um, and uh, another review from uh, January this year said their bedroom wall had fungus all over it because there was no there was no wall gap between the bathroom oh. and the the sleeping area. So it was just a wall that went up halfway of the room, not all the way to the ceiling. Jeez. So all the humidity was coming out of the bathroom, fungus all over it. Someone described the rooms as being suffocating with no ventilation. <laughs> Damning. Now, like I said, two point five average review. It's worth noting that. There are a fair amount of not so negative reviews for this hotel. Some recent, yeah. some over time. But, you know, the, the bad ones are pretty bad. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like someone complaining about something, you know, oh, the minibar was empty. Yeah. yeah. These are kind of yeah. pretty, a King Cobra coming out of the pipes <laughs> is a pretty big thing to be reviewing. That's got to um, be lower than one star. There should be a new option. It should be like five, four, three, two, one, King Cobra coming out of the pipes. <laughs> <laughs> but for three pound ninety seven a night. I don't know what you can expect. Yeah, true. That must be the only saving grace, the kind of thing that's bringing it up. If someone's had like a completely average experience, like they've they've managed to get some sleep and they've left the next day, they'll just, they'll be like, okay, five stars, five stars. I've got what I wanted out of that experience. This got me thinking about other reviews, just funny reviews of bad hotel experiences. Okay. That could be that. Not necessarily, you know, damning reports of a whole hotel and its history, yeah. but more about, you know, particularly funny reviews. And I want to read a few to you because these just were absolutely cracking me up. Nice. This is a review. Do not stay in this absolute dump of a hotel. And I use the term hotel very loosely. <laughs> I cannot convey strongly enough how disgusting this place is. Blood-stained headboards that have clearly been up since the World War. The first one. Rude stuff. Windows that won't close. No hot water. Broken furniture. Dirty utensils. Broken light fixings. And actual poo in the kettle. What? (laughs) What? In summary, this place is a complete hole. That sounds absolutely shocking. That's one. Um, There was one that was really funny, which was the owner kept trying to sell me the hotel and asked (laughs) if I knew anyone in England who would buy it. Another was simply listed as, I found a cat's paw in my pillowcase. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I actually stumbled across another review for a hotel. Jim M spoke of the Belgrove Hotel in July 2013, so a long time ago. says, don't be fooled by the relative cheapness and the proximity to St Pancras. 
This so-called hotel is in fact some sort of large-scale psychological experiment about suffering humans <laughs> and gullibility. I love a creative review. It's so good, isn't it? He says, bits of this building, banisters, door handles, etc. will literally come away in your hands, leaving you clutching a shard of sharpened wood or metal. Probably very handy if this place was ever overrun by zombies, but otherwise, just a touch concerning. The bathroom door had clearly seen a bit of action. The bathroom itself resembled a dirty cupboard designed by the inventor of Tetris. Everything was jammed in at bizarre <laughs> angles to make it fit. <laughs> One would need to be most practised contortionist to use the sink or shower. Brilliantly, the toilet wasn't actually fixed to the floor, like some like some kind of cunning booby trap for the wary contortionist defecator. Oh, Christ. I'm, I want to put forward a video idea to you if we ever go into the realm of YouTube videos. Both you and I go and spend a night in the worst hotel in London. I mean, it'd be funny. I'd, I'd do it just for, to, just for the experience. I reckon it'd be good. Okay, so now it's time for the head-to-head. So each week, we go head-to-head on a discussion based on travel. So last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, the topic was summer versus winter holidays. So let's look back on that before we go into this week's topic. Saunders, how confident are you that it went well for you? Oh, not very. (laughs) Not very at all. Like, at the time, I was was kind of... I was quite happy with my arguments. Yeah, you I was did like, well. you know what? These, as I was saying them, I was like, these make even more sense the more I say them. Yeah. Like, you know, this is a solid argument. Uh, and then you just kind of remember that you're in the real world. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, people don't necessarily think that winter is a good time. And I massively forgot to even consider that we're coming out of a winter mm. in the UK, at least. And where, you know, a lot of the listeners are listening from, they might have been coming out of a winter as well. And it's just like everyone dreams of sun. Yes. I think actually one of the Instagram comments on the um, on the image with the, the you know the head to head, they summed it up perfectly. They said, "I liked your Christmas argument, but <laughs> I've been dreaming of a sun lounger for yeah. six months." I was there like, oh, I'm, "I'm never going to win against that, am I?" Yeah, it's tough. That was a underscore Davison ninety seven. He originally said, "I love a winter holiday, but my vote is with Alex because you can get your legs out, and I've got a cracking pair of calves." Um, so, so confident yeah confident. yeah very, very self-confident go on then put me out my misery because i'm i'm not expecting this to be close yeah it wasn't it wasn't too close it wasn't the biggest landslide you could ever imagine and like you, you said you put forward a good argument but the results were summer one 71 percent to 29 percent. 71 percent. yeah it was it was it was quite uh, convincing but like you say everyone's dreaming <laughs> everyone's dreaming of those summer holidays aren't they at the moment Okay, so that now makes it two one in the standings. It does. Yeah, it's going. It's going quite nicely, back and forth, back and forth. Which, by that logic, means that you're probably going to win this one. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. So, do you want to see us up? What What is the topic for this week, Saunders? The topic for this week, uh, I think we're both got passionate answers for. Mm. It's the best travel TV shows. Yeah, it's great as well because in lockdown. Travel TV shows are one of the only things you can naturally watch to enjoy traveling because we can't do ourselves. So we've got to live uh, through these TV shows and experience the world in that way. So I've watched so many in lockdown, uh, both travel TV shows and YouTube channels as well. So I, I feel like I'm quite confident. I've seen so many and I can put forward a really strong argument for mine. Do you want to kick us off though, Saunders? Because I'm intrigued by what yours is and I think you know what mine is. So Yeah, I, th- I think yours is going to be very much in relation to some of the guests. <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> which is hard, which I honestly, I, it scares me because it's a hard one to argue against. Mm. It's a phenomenal mm. TV mm. show. My head-to-head answer for this week, best travel TV show, is Travel Man. Okay, okay. I like it. It's a great show, but I did not think you were going to say that. I It took me a while to narrow it down to that, and I, I had to tactically think about what the listeners might have actually seen mm-hmm. based on where they live. Yeah, yeah. So I tried to go with one that's one on terrestrial TV, yep. is is globally available, um, and isn't, you know, behind a paywall, like having a, having a, you know, a subscription membership or something like yep. that. Because I really wanted to say The Trip, yeah, so you the trip you, this trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon is an amazing TV show. But I was like, not everyone's seen it because mm, I think if you don't have the BBC, it's only on Sky Atlantic. Bit niche, I think. and it's a bit niche. Whereas Travel Man has got quite a lot of international reviews. Mm. Now, for those that don't know about it, I'm sure you do, but if you don't, it's a 30 minute episode where Richard O'Reilly, who's an amazing uh, comedian, British comedian, uh, writer, director, um, most famously known, I guess, for being Moss in the IT yeah. crowd. Now, he, every week. 
every episode rather, he pairs up with a different celebrity for a 48 hour mini break in a different place in the world. Mm. Now they explore a city, try local food, hit the tourist spots and very begrudgingly <laughs> have a good time, which is part of where mm. the humor comes mm. from because it's so relatable. It's not just like, look how amazing this place is. If somewhere's crap, they will tell you mm. it's crap mm. and they'll be very funny about it. They cover off things like cheap eats, must-sees, also more importantly, must-don'ts, all in a really funny way. Uh, Great chat and comedy involved in that. It's like I said before, it's an absolutely hilarious TV show. But at the same time, it's a really useful travel show. Yeah, it is. I, I've, I can honestly say that I've visited places because I've seen them in Travel Man. Really? Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I'm going to sell my I'm going to try and sell this argument now as to why this is good because some of the guests they've had on that show mm. absolutely amazing like like I said John Hamm they've had Rebel Wilson um, they've had um people like Joe Lycett Paul Rudd mm. all massive names from film the arts you know comedy music but don't take my word for it because <laughs> I've got a review I want to read oh, he's now come with prep <laughs> This is a review from The Guardian say in anyone else's hands this would get tedious. See Idiot Abroad as their example of something we get tedious. Uh, but AYD is so infectiously kind that even his outright cynicism comes across as fun. <laughs> He's loquacious, neurotic and witty about the silly joys and annoyances of travel. Another review. Travel Man is one of the very few that shows travel for what it really is. Simultaneously, the very best and absolute worst mm. things you can do. And that is the beauty of that show. Yeah. It's honesty. Yeah, it's a it's great funny, show. It's funny, it's honest. And it, it, because it's only 30 minutes as well, you can even binge watch and watch a few different destinations in one go. And also for the traveller, Travel Man is always on in-flight entertainment. Is it? Okay, that's good to know, to be fair. Yeah, I do love Travel Man. It's, it, I, I'm not going to argue against it too strongly because I do really enjoy it as a show and a concept. So that's my that's my case for Travel Man as the best TV travel show. Yeah, okay. So my, my argument, no secret really. I've said it numerous times before in this podcast. My favourite travel TV show is Race Across the World, which I'm going to go as far as saying it is my favourite TV show. It's not just my favourite travel TV show. That That's not including box sets, I would say, but in terms of reality TV and uh, British TV that you get. It's just above and beyond the, my favourite thing to watch. So to start us off, it's a BAFTA award-winning show. I love that it captures the highs and lows of travel. It's like it doesn't gloss over the negative side of travel, and that's what I like. It shows travel in its rawest form. So you've got normal people, really just normal people, who you can fully relate to embarking on trip, which you can imagine yourself taking to, which is what I absolutely love. They're really, really likable people that you get um, that you get to know throughout the series, from both series, um, which is why you get really invested in their story and it really helps you enjoy the show. If you don't see people at the lowest of the lows, you don't believe their highs. But with a race across the world, you see people staying in budget hostels where their lives are seemingly at risk and they're in dangerous places they've they've got no money to spend they haven't eaten in days and we've heard stories uh, from jen and rob and alex and jamil about this on the podcast and you understand that it's so so real it's not just put on for tv and again it's it's accidentally educational i would say it's not like mm-hmm. i thought saunders you were going to put forward our planet as your show and I would have struggled. The thing is, I'm going to be quite brutal because I, and I'm not going to get into it now because this is actually one of my uh, defenses against your selection okay. is that I, I went with a travel show. Oh, okay. You've gone with a game show. It's a travel show. Our planet is an easy win for mm, sure. But yeah. It's not really a travel show. It's a wildlife nature yeah, documentary. Yeah, isn't true, it? true, true. Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's accidentally educational. And what I mean by that is that you're entertained first and you're educated after it's kind of like your education through osmosis you're just you're you're watching and you're entertained by what these people are doing but at the same time the narrator's guiding you through the history of the country the history of each city the local delicacies everything that you would need to know and you come away from watching a show and you've been thoroughly entertained throughout it but you've come away with information and education at the same time and of course what we all love about it is it's the perfect balance because you see people racing fast through countries, enjoying the trip and trying to not miss off the big destinations which they're flying through because they want to win. But at the same time, they've got to budget. So there's that real balance of how quickly you do it and everyone's got a different strategy trying to beat each other. Like I said, kind of in defense of or in argument against Travel Man, it is really, really relatable, I feel, because 
they go with a budget which i feel anyone could take on that trip if they wanted to uh, enough they you could do that trip if you wanted it's going to be a really hard one to argue against because as you know i love that show mm-hmm. too um and it's really really entertaining the one thing i would say is i think the people are relatable mm. i don't think the travel necessarily is as relatable because some people have a bigger budget and some people will want to see what more money can get yeah that is, that is true and and that show very much tailors to what's the cheapest thing we can do in the cheapest way possible. Mm. One thing it does really have for it though is it does show a lot more of the off the beaten path, mm. and it shows a lot more of like people, mm. and you can kind of see, you know, what travel's really about away from tourists. Which I guess let's say Travel Man probably plays more towards the tourists in the cities, where Race Across the World really shows you what a country is like from you know top to tail. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, if I'm going to play technicality. <laughs> Can you just remind me what what the BAFTA nomination was for? <laughs> this is good. This is a good response from you. I think it was best reality TV show. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah was yeah. it? <laughs> Where, whereas um, travel within the TV world, travel fit, fits under factual programming, and Travel Man being a three-time BAFTA-nominated oh, factual program show. I think we have to leave this one now and give, put it in the hands of the listeners because we could argue all day yeah. for you know Travel Man or Race Across the World, but ultimately it's going to come down to the subjective choice here they're both good options yeah it's it's good i will just say remember only one of them is a travel show <laughs> but this is close i feel like summer versus winter i kind of had an idea of what people were going to vote for but this one a little bit more up in the air i would say brings us nicely onto the final part of the show the hypothetical question for today's show and that is would you rather travel 20 years into the future or 20 years into the past Mm. as i said at the start of this podcast i think i'm going to be ad-libbing this because i even now i still haven't figured out my answer yeah that that, like i said that surprises me because there are a lot of things about travel at the moment in in the current state of the world um, that i do not like and i'll touch on them but I kind of feel going further into the future will only make those things worse. So that is why I'm going to put my vote on traveling 20 years into the past. So I'm going to kick us off. And the, what I was alluding to there was social media. And it's it's got a love-hate relationship with me because it's, it's what I do for my work. So uh, I, I, maybe that kind of plays a role. But social media is so toxic everyone knows it. it's no secret and especially when it comes to traveling it doesn't really get more toxic so there are a few studies that were done and one concluded that 97 percent of millennials post about their travels on social media during their trip expedia they did a study themselves which concluded that 25 percent of people actually spend more time on social media whilst on holiday Holiday should be a, a time to experience new things like we've touched on before, experience cultures, foods, lifestyles that you haven't um, lived in. But these people are glued to their phones, 25% of which anyway. So it blows my mind. I know that we're never going to live in a world without mobile phones. And it's something we've got to come to terms with. So I would love to go back to a world I haven't experienced in my life, of course, where mobile phones didn't exist and i wasn't as contactable so you've got your reasons as to why you wouldn't Mm. want to travel 20 years in the future but have you got any main reasons as to what what you'd look forward to about traveling 20 years in the past yeah okay so i love the idea of getting photos developed because i love having a physical copy of photographs and then of course there's elements like it feels like there are far less hidden gems and places around the world which you could discover potentially for the first time or you could it could kind of be a hidden gem and then there are elements like less pollution and less litter you can go to natural spots temples beaches and you just see litter covering them and it it definitely takes away and not that litter wouldn't have existed 20 years ago but it's definitely got worse that's strong and the reason i was i was kind of like keen for you to keep going there because i still haven't made my mind up oh really and i'll tell you why I tell you why, mm. because twenty years ago isn't that long ago. Mm. Two thousand and one. True, that's so you true. Know, you digital forget, cameras, are, digital cameras are still around mm. then. Like they're in the infancy, mm. yeah. But like, my, I think my parents had a digital cam- camera then. So the idea of only having like film cameras or Polaroids, as much as they still would have been used a lot, you've still got digital cameras. Yeah. So it's not that dissimilar. Social media definitely isn't there, which is a big bonus. But at the same time, the reason why a lot of those undiscovered gems existed in the past was because there's less information yeah, about them. Yeah. I think your arguments are predominantly 
in the right uh, in the right direction though for sure there for me the reason i'm gonna tell you why i'm struggling with this mm. the 20 years in the future intrigues me because as you know and i've as I said in this podcast i have quite a a draw at the moment to the survival of the humankind on this planet mm. and I, i'm assuming based on this hypothetical that 20 years in the past or future it's just a holiday and we come back to the present yes yeah that's that's the yeah. way i imagined it too i can't think about all of these things that I'm passionate about at the moment and not be intrigued mm. as to what the world looks like in 20 years so that I can come back and warn people on what not to do. Oh, that's a really that's a really interesting angle. It's a bit of a hero complex, mm. the idea of like one person can change anything. Yeah. But I, the idea of saying like you had the chance to see what would be different in 20 years mm. and come back and say, yep, you're on the right track. Yep. Or guys, you've got to sort this out because in 20 years times, this doesn't all look good. Yeah. The past as well, like I really do, I really do kind of tap into the idea of being able to go to places that aren't really heavily, heavily touristy, mm. but I just don't think 20 years is enough. Mm. Yeah. I think it's got to be nearer 50, maybe, maybe 30, maybe you get over 30, but you get it in some places like places. I imagine Bali 20 years ago was half yeah. the, you know, yeah. as busy as it is now or as yeah, um, discovered as it is now. So I'm still on the fence. Like, I don't you know really, what you don't to do. Know what you'd say. I think just just purely based on my argument about you know having so much intrigue as to what the future is like and the idea of bringing back uh, advice on what not to mm. do and what to do and just to see if we, how much we have to do. I probably just to differ from you go go yeah. for the future. Yeah, it's good. It's just good. so I could have that. Yeah, I, but your arguments are so strong, so strong. I would say as well that I. I will never obviously be able to go back in time. <laughs> I will obviously touch wood be around in 20 years time to see what future travel is going to look like. So the intrigue of traveling as a 25 year old man. I've just thought of something else about the future. Go on. Traveling to space. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you, is that something you would ever do? I mean, at the moment, like yeah, every other rocket is blown yeah. up on landing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm not sure about that, but the idea that, in 20 years' time, there could be passenger travel to at least the outer orbit. Do you orbit. think it'll be that soon? Well, I mean, the Virgin Galactic's got a plane ready to go now. They've sold all the seats. Wow. They're just, they're just in. They're just you know completely trying to make it as safe as possible. But they've got a launch date. I'm pretty sure it's in the next few years. Wow. So there's that. But it's a tricky one. I think just like the head-to-head, we've got to put it out there to the listeners. Yeah, I'm intrigued as well. Like you say, there's, there's so many arguments for and against this. And I'm intrigued to see what people actually listening to this think. So we'll put our Instagram post in the week of this show to uh, find out what you say. Comment, let us know. And we'll read out some of the best comments on the next show that we record. So there we go. That was episode 23 of Travel Talks. We spoke about the worst hotels, the best TV shows about travel and traveling into the past and traveling into the future. But we want you guys to get involved. Like we said, hit us up on Instagram, hit us up on email at traveltalkspodcast at gmail.com and get involved in the show. There's some really good takeaways in this episode, mm. I think. Um, we ha- we both have a solid list of hotels never to go to. <laughs> so true. We've had a good debate, probably our best yet. Yeah. Our best head to head yet in terms of, you know, passion mm. involved in fighting our corners. True. Um, and now it's up to the listener. You've got Travel Man versus Race Across the World. Mm. On that, this is a good opportunity for you to talk about the next guest. Yeah, it's a really nice segue, isn't it? So next week's guest on Travel Talks is Jamil Chowdhury, who actually won Series 2 of Race Across the World with his uncle, Imon. And they donated half of the money to um, children's charities in Brazil that they came across on their race, which is an amazing thing that they did. Jamil is a lovely man. He's got some amazing behind-the-scenes stories from the show. So if you're a fan of the show, you're going to be in your element. An amazing guy. And hopefully you're going to love the episode as much as I did recording it. As always, though, we really need your help when it comes to this podcast. Mm. Rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you get. I just said podcast a lot of times <laughs> yeah. in a short, short <laughs> sentence. It is massive to to how far this podcast can go, how many people can listen to it. Yeah, it's really, really helpful. And even if you've done that already and you're listening to this thinking, we, I did that ages ago. Why don't you just tell one person about the podcast that you think might enjoy it? Word of mouth really helps. But that's it for episode 23. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.